horses are at the gate. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. All right, and thanks so much for joining us again. Uh, we... Uh are coming up on a lot of points races uh, for both the Derby and the Oaks. Uh, so we'll be getting to that. Uh, hope everybody had a good time listening to my friend Pete Iello at, at Gulfstream Park, uh, where we had one of the richest races of the North America scene, the Pegasus World Cup Invitational, presented by Run Happy, a grade one worth $3 million. So we'll be going all over all of the results of last week's Gulfstream Park, plus a couple other pretty important races uh, with some uh, horses that could be making headlines throughout the rest of the year. Uh, first guest, I hope I'm having trouble getting a hold of him, is Michael Blowen. As you know, Michael's uh, been on with us uh, uh, many times uh, to talk about updates about his great farm, old friends for retired racehorses, and uh, he's got a new kid coming in, one that drew a, head, a lot of headlines last year as he was getting ready for the Kentucky Derby uh, after finishing second in the Louisiana Derby, and that's Patch. And I'm not sure how he got his name, but maybe it's because he was supposed to wear a patch over his left eye because uh, there is no eye there. Uh, I don't have the details on how he lost that, but uh, hopefully we'll get Michael on and he can tell us about that and also tell us about a unique uh, Eclipse Award uh, that uh, was named in honor of old friends and kind of a new program that's being put together. Then one of the top handicappers in the world... Jonathan Kinchin is going to be with us. Nationally recognized. I'm going to take a close look at the Derby and Oaks points. Uh, you're going to see him coming up. It started last year. I looked up one day and I said, hey, there's Jonathan on the tube. And uh, he's been working with Fox Sports and the Naira broadcast. And it looks like he's going to again this year. And uh, I guess he next comes on air February 21st. Uh, so we're going to ask him about his, uh, uh, I'll call it second career, because uh, I know that uh, basically I think he was a uh, realtor. And uh, he's probably still working both jobs. None of us can work just one. And so uh, we'll talk to Jonathan. Uh, two things. You know, we've got the big contest coming up. Uh, you know, he, he won four national handicapping championships, a qualifying contest to get in, and uh, won the 2015 Daily Racing Forum NHC Tour. And I do believe he's going to be there uh, next weekend. Uh, I want to thank my friends at NTRA. They have invited me um, to take part in the Celebrity Challenge. And uh, in that case, uh, uh, $25,000 is a twenty. Yeah, is going uh, to uh, racehorse retirement programs. And then uh, I think it's 2,500. Come on, John, get your zeros right. 
will go to the charity of my choice. I check with them, and uh, I guess uh, the um, the the fund for hops, Bowerly, and malt for people with the last name Engelhart is not included in one of the charities. So I'm sure I can find some other really good ones to get that money to. So uh, I'm going to rely on some heavy handicappers to to get me through and hopefully uh, get me the the top prize. Well, how about that? I've I've always thought this guy was one of the biggest talents in the biggest business, and he is going to get center stage in New York. John Embrial is going to be the position of race caller and track announcer in Naira. He'll be the voice of Naira at Aqueduct, Belmont, and Saratoga, the triple crown of announcers positions on the East Coast coast. Now, he is succeeding Larry Calmness, who continues to call the Triple Crown and the Breeders' Cup for NBC. Um, and Embryol now steps in the shoes of announcers like Tom Durkin, Marshall Cassidy, Chick Anderson, Dave Johnson, and Freddie Capicella, who I grew up listening to. And uh, so, uh, you know, Naira's CEO, Dave O'Rourke, really high on him, a high level of professional Professionalism, flawless delivery, and that's what I always liked about him. Um, uh, you're not going to get him doing any, uh, you know, voice uh, contortions uh, to become a celebrity of another sort. Um, he, he's just dead on every race, and uh, he, he worked with Harvey Pack on the Inside Racing program, and he was behind the scenes on a lot of other Naira television. Uh, most recently, he was the director of Naira's television production. So I don't know if he's going to be able to pull double duty on that. But according to Embryal himself, he said, in a sense, this is a job for which I've been preparing for four years. Uh, he just celebrated his 40th anniversary with Naira. I didn't think he was that old. Uh, he says, he's, I've been so lucky to be surrounded by incredible race callers during my career. I've learned from all of them, and these lessons live with me to this day. So I guess he joined back in uh, joined Naira back in 2014, and uh, he called the last two Triple Crowns, American Pharaoh and Justify, uh, in those bad years. Uh, so uh, Larry Calmness says he'd like to thank Naira uh, for all the memorable races at these venues. He'll miss the people, but it's the right time for me to move on to my next challenge while continuing my work at NBC Sports. So get ready for uh, a new voice on the Naira scene, and it's John Embrial. Very, very talented and very concise announcer. I think you're going to like him a lot. You've heard him a lot already. I mean, he was Durkin's backup going back to then. Okay, well, drum roll, please. Though, uh, I don't think this came as a surprise to anybody that Bricks and Mortar was named Horse of the Year. Hard not to when you have an unbeaten season. He was the unanimous selection in the male turf horse category. And, of course, also horse of the year. Um, you know, uh, Ch Chad Brown, who's also Eclipse Award winner, uh, trains this horse. And uh, so it was basically 
uh, you know, first place Boatsy. The other horses were definitely deserving. Uh, Bricks and Moore, you know, beating uh, Matoli, Maximum Security, Midnight Bizu, Vino Rossa, uh, Omaha Beach were other horses that. Uh, that got votes, but bricks and mortar. Oh, what a season that he had. Um, he, you know, he, he, he learned uh, that that turf star bricks and mortar, uh, had been m- named 2019 horse of the year. I'm talking about Chad Brown now at the, uh, f- it was the 49th eclipse award dinner at Gulfstream park. Uh, so, uh, sad to say bricks and mortar, not only were not going to see him on the racetrack, we are not going to see him in a stud barn in North America. He's now in Japan preparing for his new life as a stallion. Uh, but uh, he got the biggest prize of them all in recognition of his undefeated season. Just dominated the turf division like few other American runners have ever done. The first horse to win the Longines Breeder Cup turf and earn horse of the year honors the same years going back to 1993 when Kodasan uh, did it. So bricks and mortar on top. How about uh, Vino Rosso winning the Breeders' Cup Classic will get you a lot of attention. And that son of Curlin earned champion older dirt male for 2019. Uh, he was trained by Todd Pletcher, owned by Mike Rapoli and Vinny Viola. And, uh, uh, Vino Rosso, who now has uh, called it a career on the track, and I believe that he's on display right now uh, back at uh, Spendthrift Farm, where, where you can see him. So, uh, again, uh, Vino Rosso, uh, Matoli, and uh, McKinsey were the only horses uh, to, to get votes. And uh, let me just round out a few of the more champions before we get on to my friend Michael Blowen. Uh, we'll be getting a hold of him in just a few minutes. And uh, so... Uh, we are going to continue on with some of our award winners. If I can get my machine to work right and roll with me. Uh, here we go. Uh, how about Midnight Bizu? How good was she? Uh, she uh, also wins the seven race win streak that carried her to an eclipse award just truly amazing the great part is i believe we're going to get to see her race again this year she's back in training uh she pretty much dominated it now she's trained by hall of famer steve asmussen and uh with uh the other horses getting votes. Midnight Bizu just dominated uh, Blue Prize. So uh, congratulations to her and all of her connections. And how about Kafebi, who made history with a pair of Eclipse Awards? This daughter of Into Mischief was named champion three-year-old filly and female sprinter. So uh, uh, hopefully... Uh, we're going to get to see her next year. She's going to, you know, just stretch out that uh, that brilliant speed. She, of course, dominated uh, in the voting, uh, one eighty nine over Garana, who was a. Sh- Lightly raced, but a sensational horse. And Sarah Gentry Empress, who put in a big race uh, just uh, 
uh, last week, and that was in the uh, the Houston Ladies Classic. is a grade three race down at Sam Houston. But the winner in there was Lady Apple, a daughter of Curlin, trained by Steve Asmussen. Isn't that a rarity? Uh, Sarah Gentry Empress used her speed, set all the pace. It was very game and defeat, but didn't get the job done. Street band with Sophie Doyle was closing like a bat out of hell, but couldn't get up in time in the Houston Ladies Classic. And uh, a rare uh, Friday uh, big race. The Smarty Jones took place at Oaklawn Park. Uh, that's a flat mile. And the winner in there, trained by Steve Asmussen, was a son of street boss. Sent away at 10 to 1. You don't get many of those from the Asmussen barn. Wire to wire and just pulled away in the stretch. Gold Street. 10 to 1, gets the job done over 3 Technique, who I believe was the favorite in here, a uh, son of Mr. Speaker, trained by Jeremiah Englehart. And in the third spot, 5 to 1, another Asmussen trainee, shoplifted. Uh, those were uh, two of the outside races uh, we looked at. Of course, uh, most of the big races we did look at uh, were uh, at down at Gulfstream Park. Of course, the biggest of them all, Mucho Gusto, stole the show in the Pegasus World Cup. Uh, Mr. Freeze led most of the way at 7-1. to one. He was 20-1 to one in the morning line and got bet down. Pretty sharp handicappers, but just could not hold off. Mucho Gusto, four-year-old Colt, trained by Bob Baffert, uh, who now easily passes the the million dollar mark. So uh, uh, that was that was the big one at Gulfstream. Though there were a lot of big ones, I'm not sure time is going to allow us to get through them all. Kind of taking them in reverse here. Um, the Pegasus World Cup Turf Invitational, Grade One, million dollars, presented by who else? Run Happy, Zulu Alpha. Impressive ride by Tyler Gaffleone at 11 to 1. Stayed patient, slipped through along the rail in the stretch after saving all that ground. Got the job done paying 2560. Uh, and the second spot from the outside was Magic Wand, who was sent off at 7 to 2, who shipped in from Hong Kong for Aiden O'Brien. And in the third spot was instilled regard from the Chad. Brown Barn, again, another grade one million dollar race. Uh, well, we've got plenty more race results. I'm not going to be able to get through all of them, but uh, hopefully we've reached out and made contact uh, with, with Michael Blowen. And uh, so here on Winning Ponies, uh, we're going to take a, a little bit of a break and see if we can't get a hold of them. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. 
pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free. 1-866-472-5788 or send us an email at show at winningponies.com John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right. Well, hopefully shortly with me will be Michael Blow. And you know, down there when you're in the middle of Kentucky... They've still got the party lines, and, and, and I think Michael is waiting for Mrs. McGady uh, to hang up and to get off her call uh, so that uh, the line will be open and Josh, our producer, uh, can get a hold of him. But uh, while we're waiting, and I'll get the thumbs up from Josh, uh, I'm going to go over some of the really good races uh, that, that we saw last week. Uh, again, going back to Gulfstream Park, what a card it was. Uh, the grade three. W.L. McKnight, that was a rare mile and a half on the grass, and the winner at 35 to 1 was Spooky Channel. And speaking of Spooky Channel, I think we finally got through to the party line down there in Georgetown, Kentucky. Is Michael with us, Josh? John, how are you? Well, a little CPR, I'll be okay, you know. I love live radio, you know. It keeps me young, makes sure my, my heart's working. The question is, me how are too. you? Uh, good. I'm really you gotta, well, thank you. you got to pay those cell bills, Michael. I'm telling you, they're cold about that. They will just cut you I right off. Hey, I'm still surprised this isn't a party line that doesn't require a wire to be connected to the wall. <laughs> Well, Michael, good. You're here, and uh, we, we can pick up the conversation. Um, I, I was reading as many Eclipse Awards as I could, and from what I understand, because I tried getting you on last week, and I couldn't because you were too busy down at the Eclipse Awards, and I understand the spotlight was on you for a little while. Can you tell us about it? Well, very briefly, but yeah, the, uh, the uh, Gulfstream had a Tremendous donation to old friends and to the Thurman Aftercare Alliance. Uh, one of the really interesting things for me personally at the Eclipse Awards was that virtually everyone who had uh, who won the Eclipse Award had a connection in some way to old friends. Well, and that Mike- was fun. All right, be careful. Be careful with that party line. You're 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 fading in and out just a little bit. So put the tinfoil hat back on and uh, face the <laughs> west, and we should be okay. <laughs> but okay, uh, good, John. 
did, did, did you tell me something about the, there's going to be some program with uh, uh, possibly mainstreaming Eclipse Award horses, Two Old Friends, or was I dreaming that? Yeah, no, no, we're working on that. We're working on that, John. We haven't reached the, the, the final agreement yet, but we're working on that really, really hard because the people at the, uh, at the NCRA and at the Eclipse Award realize how, uh, uh, how valuable it would be for us to get uh, some of these great horses, and also the obvious great for the horses because they get to come here and their fans would be able to visit. So we're still working on that, and we're keeping our fingers crossed that everything works out. Well, very it, it, it wouldn't be the first Eclipse Award-winning horse or horses to be at your farm, but you got a new kid that I, I believe he's on the barn, uh, on the farm now. I know he was at another farm waiting to come. Has uh, has Pat shown up yet? Yes, and he's lovely. He's uh, people remember Pat who ran in the Derby, and he was very famous uh, and got a tremendous fan base. Uh, because he's a very talented horse, but he also uh, had the, the uh, disadvantage of running with one eye. And Todd Fletcher had him, and, and uh, he's a really, really lovely horse. And he's here now. He's in a, in a paddock right across from Ide and next door to you and I, and just up the street from uh, from Albert Albert the Great. So he's doing great, and he's really a lovely animal, and he's really congenial, and I think uh, his fans are really going to enjoy feeding him some carrots. Now, when when you took uh, care of him um, for hopefully the rest of his life, um, did he come with any special instructions? Is there anything? I, I know horses have a fantastic sense of vision. I think the only place they can't see is right behind him on the butt, which is why you don't want to walk behind a horse without putting your hand on it so they know it's you going behind him. So he, he's got to have, I mean, just to, to be able to compete, run second in Louisiana Derby, and then go through all the fall for all of the Kentucky Derby. Uh, he's, he, I think they just adapt on their own. They don't know they're one-eyed. I think you've got hit the nail on the head. I mean, these horses are so smart. We give them, you know, most people don't give them enough credit for how intelligent they are. You know, we've had several one-eyed horses. Uh, Ogaijin, who we brought home from uh, Japan, who some people may remember if they're old enough, was a fabulous race horse, and he only had one eye. Um, of course, he had two eyes when he was running, but when he lost, he lost an eye uh, when he was a breeding stallion. And we have another horse at the farm named Archie Zeko, who's an old claimer, who's 30 years old now, and he's only got one eye, and, and he gets along fine. And the same thing with Pat. So they adapt really, really well. And in fact, I think if push came to shove, we realized that he could see more out of one eye than we can with two. So it doesn't seem to be bothering him at all. Well, M Michael, you know, um, I, I, it, in, in, a, in a way, not, um, the Patch is a relatively young horse, but you open your paddock doors uh, to horses after you know, they've had their career as stallions and they're a little bit older. I, now, don't take this the wrong way, but I've always admired people in hospice because they realize that somebody's on their way out. And it, it seems like because of the ages, because you have so many horses that you have to part ways with a couple horses every year. Uh, how hard is that personally on you? 
it's very, very difficult, and I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to do better at it. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's like people. You know, you have different relationships with people, and, and sometimes when someone passes away, you're devastated. And sometimes you, someone passes away, you're depressed. And sometimes people pass away, and you remember who they are. So you, it, it happens with different degrees of severity, but it's always, always, always difficult. And I still haven't gotten used to it. And you still hope that maybe one day, you know, when my, before my mother died, she thought she was going to be the one person who was never going to die. <laughs> she thought she was the exception to the dying rule. And I think some of these horses think the same thing. Uh, well, that's not going to happen. I'm going to be the one person, the one horse who's going to be immortal. Uh, and you always think that in you. And, and it, it really does. It's, it's kind of a cliche, but it really does uh, get you to appreciate every day that you wake up. And I look out in my backyard, and there's silver charms standing up and touch gold running around and, and old uh, uh, alphabet soup and war emblem and, and all of them running around. It just it makes every day a little more joyful, realizing that it won't happen. It won't happen that way every day for the tournament. <laughs> well, uh you know, as as uh, I, I know, you already have an Eclipse Award on your mantle, but it was about the reason that's there is because it was given to you by my good friend Bill Mooney, who won an Eclipse Award for his description of the passing of Eclipse Award winning precisionist. Uh, that was pretty awesome. It was brilliant. I mean, Bill, as anybody who got had the pleasure and the privilege of knowing Bill, just cannot describe uh, how much we miss him. Uh, we have we only have two streets at Old Friends named after people. One is named Byers Way, which is named after Doctor Byers, who is our original veterinarian, and the other is called Mooney Place, and it's named after after Bill. And uh, yes, he did a remarkable job describing what it was like to lose precisionists. But this, this is how smart these horses are. You know, when we got precisionists, he had some uh, bad nasal tumor. And every night I would go out to the barn and I'd clean out his nose like he would blow the nose of a little kid or something. And I'd sit out there and have a beer and read the racing form and feed him carrots. And it happened every single night, night after night after night. And then, uh, and he'd go out during the day, clean at night. We got to be really good friends. And one night, I held my hand out and uh, with the carrots, and he looked right at me. He looked right at the carrots, and then he looked right at me. He looked right at the carrots again, and then he turned around. He looked out the window, and I knew that was the end of the day. That he was really he didn't want the carrots. He wanted me. He wanted anything. He was ready to go. And the next day uh, was the day that we uh, we euthanized him because he literally told us that this was the end of the line. He wasn't interested anymore. And well, I have a horse like that. I mean, Precisionist was so amazing. He was physically gorgeous. I mean, he was just beautiful. He was extremely intelligent. I think he's the last American racehorse to win a great one at six for long, seven for long, a mile, mile 16th, mile an eighth, and mile and a quarter. And he, he, he won the Eclipse Award. And then for Bill to win the Eclipse Award and then decide he's going to donate to us was just unbelievable. 
Uh, that, that was just so touching, but I do know you've got the Eclipse Award up there on your mantle. Uh, well, uh, I'm coming down to the final furlong here. You probably don't even know because you've got uh, some volunteers or staff members that are setting things up, but uh, we're only about eight weeks out from the Derby. Do you have anything going on? It's in Georgetown, Kentucky. Really easy to get to, folks. I'm telling you, whether you're at Keeneland or just driving down 75, it's uh, uh, two turns and you're there. Uh, do you have any events planned for the upcoming spring season? Yeah, plenty. But our big event is the day after the Derby. We always have a big party here the day after the Derby. And oftentimes the Derby winner will come and, and uh, some of the owners will come. And uh, uh, and Bob Baffert is a big supporter of ours. And uh, oftentimes he'll be coming here the Thursday before the Derby. So we have a lot of great things going on. But, you know, John, before we leave, I have to tell you, I really appreciate those wonderful pictures that you took, that you sent us, that you took a patch. Uh, when he was running, because it really does, your photographs really capture his personality. I just want to thank you so much for that. Well, yeah, as soon as I heard he's retired, I said, I'm pretty sure I got him in my file. What's interesting, Michael, I got to that <laughs> file. And except for always dreaming, I hadn't edited any of the photos. So uh, you put about three hours of pleasurable week on my laptop uh, over the weekend because I got to see all these photos I forgot uh, either to edit or to send to people that I meant to do. So uh, that, that, was, that was a work of pleasure, I can tell you that. Well, Michael, we'll be looking for all of your uh, emails and if anybody's not on your email list uh, I'm sure they can Google old friends easy enough and and get on your list to get uh, a list of upcoming events yeah that would be great John and again oh the horse that we're going to get in a couple of weeks is Stormy Liberal I went to see him when I was in Florida too so Stormy Liberal the two time uh, Breeders Cup winner will be coming here within two weeks so we're real excited about him arriving and and taking care of Patch and all the other wonderful uh, horses that we have the uh, the privilege of caring for. That's awesome, Michael. Well, you, you do God's work, and uh, I appreciate you coming on with us, and I'm sure our paths will cross in the near future. Can't happen soon enough, John. Thank you so much. All right, Michael Blowen, uh, who created Old Friends Farm, uh, and... Uh, there is just always something going on down there. I'm looking forward to go out and seeing Patch myself. I've seen him in person before, but I just want to see him now that he's nice and relaxed in one of the spacious paddocks out there at Old Friends. All right, let's take a quick break because I want to talk to one of the best handicappers in America, Jonathan Kinchin. Right after this break, you're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. 
Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, and I told you the top of the show, I was able to get back one of the top handicappers in the country, uh, Jonathan Kinchin, uh, uh, former NHC uh, tour champion, uh, who's going to be uh, making the trip back there. Uh, and I believe you're going to have to catch me up on your bio because none of mine are updated. Um, are, are you still in Austin and are you still a realtor? I am still in Austin, and, and, and I, uh, I still have my real estate license. I'm not uh, as active as I once was, but, uh, you know, we've got some, some investment properties in town, so it's still considered, I guess, my career. But I, I, I found myself spending a lot more time doing, doing more things uh, surrounding the sport we love. Well, you've made a good amount of money over the last few years uh, doing that. So uh, you've turned your love of it into somewhat of a money-making art form. Well, yeah, but don't uh, don't get it twisted. There, with those nice wins, come some some losses as well. It's a it's a, it's an end of the year type of thing, right? You can't if you look at it too uh, too short term. It, it can sometimes lead you down paths that. Uh, that could be troublesome. And if you're worried about uh, having a losing week or a losing day or a losing month, sometimes on the 28th or the last, you know, the 28th of the month or the last race of the month or on Sunday, you find yourself doing some things that you probably shouldn't be doing. So uh, I, I try to look at it more, like you said, from the, the long-term situation for, you know, the entire year. Well, uh, Jonathan Kenshin, uh you know, we have listeners that get turned on to the show that are uh, not all veterans. We've got people that have been listening to us for 10 years. Um, how did you kind of work your way into it and uh, refine the craft, shall I say, of, of handicapping? And how do you approach tournament play? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, refining the, the, the craft itself was, um, it's been a lot of parts. Um, I think the first thing was, is, is, you know, I got started at a, not a real young age, but I guess I started playing probably, uh, you know, bigger than most at a young age because I had a big score 
um, back when I was like, I don't know, I guess 2010. So I was 20, 20 and change. And, uh, and I, and I was able to kind of use that money for my lessons, right. Um, learning how to, uh, learning that four horse exact the boxes aren't the answer. Um, learning that, uh, the box itself is a, is a troublesome wager in its own right. It's so inefficient and doesn't, uh, doesn't express your opinion. So I, I took my lumps, uh, you know, uh, back with that, uh, with that, with that Belmont 2010 Belmont score, I took some lumps and, uh, and that helped me kind of kind of, you know, start to learn. And the other thing was just reading a lot of books, um, inviting, listening to a lot of podcasts and radio shows, inviting a lot of new products into my game and letting them live there for a little while and then giving them time to, to, uh, to kind of teach me something, whether, you know, they might, not, they might not all be for you, but you learn something when you invite those, uh, those products in. Uh, and then surrounding myself with people that, uh, that I think are smarter than I am. Um, and, and really being able to kind of bounce ideas off of those people. And, um, you know, I've had some really good, uh, you know, I don't even want to call them mentors. I call them friends, but I've had some, I've uh, been fortunate enough to, to have really good relationships with uh, a handful of professional players, Sean Borman, uh, Mike Maloney, uh, the Matisse brothers, Paul and Duke Matisse. Those guys, you know, really uh, just really have kind of showed me how you have to do this game if you're going to play it seriously. Now, look, I'm not going to, I'm not one of those those uh, betting or horse racing snobs that wants to look down to the guy that wants to just go and have fun. My dad's that guy. My dad doesn't know how to open a form. If, if I opened it for him, he, he's a, he's a guy that just <laughs> plays our address. That's, that's his thing. You know, he likes to play our address. And if, uh, if the racetrack had slot machines, he would do that instead. Um, and so, you know, I, I understand the entertainment value of it, but that's the thing. I think inviting new things into your game, realizing you don't have all the answers and surrounding yourself uh, with people that, uh, that, that, that are doing it better than you are. And, and that kind of wraps into your other part of your question is that that possibility became available to me because of contest. Um, you know, you're, you know, getting ready to go to the NHC and, and, and knowing that I'm going to be sitting in a ballroom for three days surrounded by the best horse players in the world. And, uh, that's a huge edge if you're trying to improve, uh, upon your game as a horse player and as a handicapper. Uh, that that is great advice for for people listening because just because you you get shall I say lucky or you know have a uh, period where you're hitting a good lick for a while uh, that doesn't make you Andy Byer just to pull a name out of the hat um, and and I love the fact that you've kept an open mind or got to the point of where you are now by keeping an open mind of reading and listening to others. I think some people say, hey, I got this down. I'm going to do it my way. And I, I really like your, your approach, Jonathan, to just absorbing what's out there and then kind of taking the information and seeing what you're most comfortable with and what's most beneficial to you. Yeah, I mean, I think even in business, right? I mean, even if we want to take this beyond horse racing, I think some of the best meetings that you can have in business are bad meetings. Um, I think when you, you learn what you don't want to do, you learn how you don't want to be represented. You, 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 you see you're, you're so turned off by the other person you're sitting across from having this bad meeting. You realize all these things you don't want to do. So, you know, <laughs> I, I think that, you know, even, even with, with, you know, with products, it's like there's so many products that I've invited into my game just, and I've let them sit there for a little while. 
and I've looked at them and I've learned from them and then I've eliminated them, but I've learned so much from them. You know, I, I don't want to single any product out, but like, you know, there's, there's, there's a, a set of PPs I used to use. And, and then I realized that, that in my opinion, those numbers are obsolete. However, I, I still can think to 10 to 15 things that like I still do today that I wouldn't have ever discovered if it wasn't for, for those PPs. And it wasn't for seeing, um, seeing it through that lens. I don't know if I would ever learn some of the, some of the things that I've picked up and that I've refined to fit my game, you know? So, um, you know, look, if you're, if you're a pen and paper GRF guy, um, look, I, I understand that. I, and that's, that's those, those, you know, in my opinion, those are the, those are the original PPs. Those are the PPs that make everyone's brain make sense. And, and that's what, that's my base PP, but I, I invite you to look at other things, look at other products. Uh, Timeform US is a great one. Stats Race Lens is, is one that I've invited uh, into my game in the last year and I've, I've been pleased with it. So, um, you know, if you're looking at one figure, you're wrong. Uh, I, I think you need to try to invite another one into your game. I love it. Well, I've heard from different people playing in contests, uh, both sides of this one, that as they're playing a contest, uh, they see that they're getting behind the leader and they start to change their style of betting. I understand if it's a desperation attempt, but I've also heard some of the successful players say, don't ever change your style of playing. Well, how do you weigh in on that? Well, contests are tricky, right? I mean, at a certain point, you have to, you know, at a certain point in contests, math comes into play. You have to start playing math. You know, if you're uh, if you're going into the last race and you're forty dollars behind, you can't play the the two to one shot. Even if you know the horse can't lose, you can't play the two to one shot. He does nothing for you mathematically. You got to try to find a horse fifteen twenty to one that can get you mathematically where you need to be. So. Um, you know, I, I, but now early in the contest, you know, it's day one at the NHC or, you know, you're playing in a 12 race contest and it's the second race and someone hits a cap horse, you know, I'm, I'm not the type of player who is going to start panicking. Um, and a lot of times I'll look at the cap horse and if the cap horse makes sense to me, then I will start taking um, big shots to catch him. And the reason is, is because I feel like that if the horse makes sense, the player that hit him is a good handicapper and he'll continue to get scores. If the horse doesn't make sense, I dismiss the horse as the person got lucky and, and he'll come back to me and I play what I want to play the rest of the way. Very interesting concept. Well, uh, you, the, the other thing that I, I mentioned, uh, earlier on the show and i hope you can expound upon it that uh, all of a sudden the guy i used to talk to on winning ponies is now on air on fox sports and the naira broadcast how'd that all come about and i understand it's going to continue yeah no it, that was really cool uh that that was and that was accidental i mean to a certain extent um i was hanging out in saratoga with uh, with my buddy and in podcast uh, pod, uh podcast co-host peter thomas fornatel and and I got a DM in my Twitter from a guy that worked at Naira, and he said, hey, uh, Tony Alivato wants to meet you. Can you come by at any point? I, and I was like, uh, sure. So I went by. I met Tony, and Tony said, hey, look, this was two years ago. He said, we're going to be expanding coverage at, uh, with, with Fox and with Naira, and, and we're looking for uh, – we're going to have a lot more hours. We need some more people to be on air to kind of whatever, and would you like to check it out, try it? I was like, sure. He's like, all right, we'll come back next week and – Try our Alabama show with us. We'll have you on for 15 minutes with, with Paula Duca and Greg Wolf, and we'll see what happens. 
came back well, and did the show and, and then he offered it to me. And, and so I was, uh, I spent my entire summer in Saratoga last summer and it was, it was awesome. It was really, really fun. So uh, I'll be back this year as well. Well, uh, I'll tell you, Jonathan, you come off as a veteran broadcaster. I'm, I'm thinking it's the old adage is as long as you're talking about something you know about, don't try to be somebody you're not, you can be a success. No, I wasn't a great student, so I had to learn really fast that this mouth is the only thing I've got to help me uh, help me get <laughs> A's, B's, and C's. This this mouth uh, this mouth turned 68s in the 70s quite often, so I think that uh, you know I, I I got it from that. So, but uh, no, it's been fun, man. I, look, and it was a learning curve, but I had a lot of great people that were really helpful in the process. Right, Tony Alavado was great, giving me advice along the way. Uh, Frank Miramati would call and give me some criticism along the way. And, and then uh, two professional uh, hosts that we had really made a huge difference for me and, and, uh, and Greg Wolf and, and Lafitte Pinkai. And then I got to give Peter Thomas one to tell some credit too by uh, getting me on the podcast back at DRS and, and uh, really working with me along the way too. So it's, you know, it takes some getting used to, but it's, it's like you said, it's a lot of fun when you're talking about something that you love. Well, you've done a great job on air. I understand uh, uh, there's some conflict with Super Bowl Sunday, but we will see you on the air, I think, February 21st. Yeah, I think so. I, I, we were some, I, My schedule's confusing. We, I was, we were meant to have a show this Saturday, um, but Fox had to bump us because they needed, they needed FS2 for something, and I'm, I'm assuming that it had something to do with the Super Bowl. Um, so we will, uh, there'll be a show on the eighth, but I'll be in Vegas, but I think you'll probably get a little Greg Wolf, a little Gary Stevens, uh, Keisha Courtney, Andy Serling. Um, not sure who else is going to be involved in that show. So I, I guess my first show won't be until the 21st, like you mentioned, February 21st, and then, uh, a couple more along the way through the triple crown season. So, um, it, you know, looking forward to it. it. Those, those shows are a lot of fun. It's, uh, it's a different animal doing it in the spring than it is at Saratoga. At Saratoga, it's, it's different, right? We have 30 minutes between the races. We have a lot of pieces highlighting horses and connections. But uh, when it's when it's when it's springtime, it's back to back to back with race after race after race. So it uh, should be fun. Looking forward to getting back and uh, getting back going. All right. Well, listen, I'm looking forward to putting a challenge before you to try to uh, beat some odds on favorites in the races we've got coming up this weekend. We're going to take a quick break here. And when we come back, we're going to ask Jonathan Kinchin to look at some of the points races for the Derby in the Oaks coming up. So stay right there. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. 
Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free. 1-866-472-5788 or send us an email at show at winningponies.com John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, and, and with me, uh, the uh, Fox Sports uh, Naira broadcast star, Jonathan Kitchen, who also still does some handicapping on the side. So I've asked him to come out with us and, and look at some of these points races. Um, it, it happens this time of year. The races come up with some short fields, and there's these now horses uh, that are coming there. And uh, the Holy Bull, uh, that's a very popular race, uh, quarter million up for grabs going a mile on the 16th at Gulfstream Park. And in here you're seeing um, perhaps the second coming of Funny Side. His name is Tis the Law, and I know trained by Barkley Tag, owned by Sacatoga Stable, the same Funny Side connections. And I do believe that they took their time with their horse. They were you know, more than able to go to the Breeders' Cup. They decided not to. Ended up catching a real sloppy track and absolutely could not get out of a box in the Kentucky Jockey Club in his last start. Uh, morning line, a 3-5. to five. Jonathan Kinchin, what do you think about this horse or who the best competition is? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the, the, the topics we'll probably brush on over the next few races we talk about is and this is the lesson you talked about in, in the previous segment the lessons that i learned uh as a young horse player and one of them was i used to fall in love with horses that i saw run that you know if i if i saw tis the law as a two-year-old i fell in love with him he got that big figure was very impressive and then it's like moving forward when he shows up running against a horse i've never heard of I used to just continuously gravitate towards him as that kind of racing, that racehorse celebrity. And so I think that's the thing you have to try to figure out is, you know, is, is, is Tis the Law that seventh grader who was bigger than the rest of them, and he dominated in seventh grade football and basketball. But then when they get to ninth grade, suddenly all the other kids start to grow up, catch up to him, and he's not nearly as good as we thought he was. I still think he's good, but, I, but I'm going to try to beat him here with Relentless Dancer. Um, I'm a huge Mike Maker fan. 
I think that uh, Mike Maker is probably the most underrated trainer in the world, and I think that his uh, his uh, I don't want to pick on him. His I don't want to say lack of personality. I've heard he's a really nice guy. He just he's not much in interviews, right? So I think no. that probably has hurt him a little bit in, in building his business. But I think he's a phenomenal horseman. We saw that last weekend with Zulu Alpha winning the Pegasus Turf. I think Relentless Dancer is sitting on a big race. Um, Mike Maker runs well fresh. One of my favorite angles is looking at horses who had nice figures as two-year-olds and now are making their first start at three. There's that natural progression. You could expect maybe eight to 12 points, depending on what kind of figure you're looking at. Improvement just with maturity. I'm going to try to beat – well, I'm going to – I'm not going to single Tis the Law. I'm going to also use Relentless Dancer. Now, Tis the Law will almost be a saver for me in multi-race bets because I'm going to use him equally to Relentless Dancer because I think Relentless Dancer should run well in this spot. And you're right. I've met Mike Maker. He's just, he's a tough interview. He's a man of few words. It's part of his personality. But let me tell you, over the years, what this guy has done with horses that he's claimed, uh, and they just have an amazing form reversal. It's amazing. Well, my, my uh, producers tell me I only got three minutes, so I know I'm going to ask you to do a lot and uh, what time we got. If we get to all of them, we do. If we don't, we don't. But in, in the next race we're going to look at, this one also a Gulfstream for the girls. We got a one to two morning line shot toneless shape uh who uh comes into the race off a win in a minor stake at Gulfstream park has never been beat at Gulfstream park uh but i you tell me who's some other ones in there that we should keep an eye on because i believe there are yeah we can we can speed round these uh, nothing wrong with that uh toneless shape is one who is one of those examples of she's undefeated i love trying to beat horses with all those ones in the pps because the public they love those types of horses street of dreams is one for me ran well uh we, we talked a lot about churchill downs kind of having those bigger purses last year i think that those those races were better because the purses were so big she got the job done at churchill i think she could be tough here the only negative is ian wilkes isn't exactly the best off a long layoff, but I think you're going to get paid to find out if this one's ready to run. She'll be a longer price because toneless shape will be so short. Street of Dreams for me uh, is the top pick, uh, but I'm not completely dismissing toneless shape. I just see an opportunity to make some money. All right, Jonathan Kinchin, we got two minutes to post. And uh, how about the Withers? That's a well-known race. A mile and an eighth. You're asking these uh, babies to stretch out a little bit. And I'd have to say that uh, most eyes are going to uh, Jeremiah O'Dwyer's Shotsky off uh, last year's Remsen win. Yeah, last year's Remsen win sets up good for last time was the time. Uh, look, that horse was was a great price last time. I like Monday morning QB, a little bit of a hunch play with the Super Bowl coming up. Uh, look, <laughs> I, this horse ran really well going seven furlongs. Now, it's obviously a big jump to the mile and an eighth, but this horse ran really fast in the middle and early part of that race. If this horse can relax a little bit, drawn down to the inside, save a little bit, should have a little bit left. I, think, I like Mon- uh, Monday morning QB. Max player could be coming from off of it, but I'm against Shotsky in here. It's going to be entirely too short. All right. A minute left. Let's go to Santa Anita. The boys, the Robert B. Lewis in here. Another odds on pre-race pick. Thousand words. A million-dollar horse from the Baffet Barn. You can try to get cute with high velocity if you want to, but for me, it's it's thousand words. If I'm playing at Santa Anita, I'm going to single thousand words, try to get cute in the other legs. 
I, I have no interest in trying to beat a horse that just seems like the best, feels like the best, looks like the best. They usually are, especially when they're coming from the Bob Baffert barn. That's the only one I need is 1,000 words who's adding the blinkers. All right, one last. I got 30 seconds. We're looking at the Martha Washington, an even money morning line pick in Taraz. Brad Cox looks like he owns this race. Uh, probably the biggest challenger is she dares the devil, another Cox trainee. One of my favorite parts of, about hanging out at the racetrack and going to different events, you get to hear a lot of backstretch chatter. And I've twice I have heard three words mentioned in one sentence. Monomoy girl in Taraz in the same sentence. They're very high on this filly. I think she's going to run well. Don't waste any money on anyone else. She's going to gallop in here, and we'll see what happens next with her. All right, Jonathan Kinchin, can't thank you enough for being on with us. I'll be keeping an eye for you uh, on the, uh, the the television during the racing season. I thank you, and I congratulate you on your ever-expanding presence in racing. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. All right, that was Jonathan Kinchin. Don't forget, folks, we got so much racing coming up. If you get confused, we can check you out. Go to winningponies.com and pull down the easy win forms. Uh, we've had great winners all week long, particularly down at Tampa. It was a huge week. So uh, for, for Jonathan Kinchin and for Michael Blowen, I want to thank my producer, Josh. I'm John Engelhart. Thanks for tuning in to Winning Ponies. We hope you will again next week. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners. Winners.